Welcome to Have Hope Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. Hey, how are you? How is your January going? Are you cold and snowy? Because that's what it is here in Minneapolis. If you live someplace where it's not cold and snowy, frankly, I don't want to hear about it. But I did want to remind you that it is January, and January is Human Trafficking Prevention Month. And here at Have Hope Will Travel, we are raising awareness. The previous episode shared one woman's story about human trafficking here in the United States. Today's episode is going to talk about one woman's story from human trafficking across the globe, which means this conversation is going to include mature topics. It's got frank discussions of human trafficking, domestic violence, prostitution, rape, child abuse, drug addiction, and child loss. I just want you to be prepared for that before I bring on our guest. She has a powerful story, and I hope you learn from her and are inspired by her the same way that I was. Welcome to Have Hope Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. Today I'm here with a new friend, Lena Sebula. Lena is Canadian. She's a wife and a mother. She's got three kids. She's an author of a book entitled Miraculous. She's the host of Love and Be Loved podcast. She's a Christian believer, social justice advocate, a speaker. I'm sure we'll talk through quite a few of those things. She's also got some hard parts of her story. She's overcome a drug addiction. She's a survivor of human trafficking. She's a survivor of rape. And she's experienced child loss. So, Lena, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad that you're here as well. That is a lot of life that we shoved into just a few sentences. So why don't you take a few minutes to help us better understand a little bit more of your story versus just the one sentence version? Yes, absolutely. Um, I was born and raised in Ukraine, and my parents struggled in their marriage. They became an alcoholics and lost well-paid jobs. Mm. Um, our home um, was infested with uh, black mold, cockroaches, and mice. And the government actually turned off the electricity wow. and hot water for outstanding bills. Mm-hmm. And I was hungry all the time. I was literally starving. And um, we struggled in poverty trying to survive. Mm. Yeah. Wow. There's another part of was that um, my home was always full of strangers and they brought uh, booze and drugs. And mm. um, with parents, my parents never did anything to protect me. So I became an easy target and um, I was drugged and raped in the basement of my own apartment many wow. times. Okay. So when I thought things couldn't get any worse, one month before my 15th birthday, I woke up with the severe abdominal pain and scared and confused only to realize I was in labor. And wow. I actually didn't know that I was pregnant. You had no idea you were pregnant. I was very malnourished, skinny little sure. kid. Sure. And I didn't know who her father was. Mm. And um, my baby girl died three months later from health mm. complications. Wow, I'm so sorry. Yeah, but um, the, I think... What really impacted me that um, after her birth, it was apparent that I cannot bring her home. So she had to stay in the hospital. But for that to happen, I have to give her my last name and refuse parental rights. Mm. So I felt that I ended up just like my mother, neglectful. And um, it's just hurt me so Mm -hmm. much like hurt my soul because I abandoned my child that's what I believe Mm. and uh, 
I buried her when I was 15 years old. Actually, people were getting to celebrate New Year's Eve and I buried my first baby. And um, I used alcohol and drugs to medicate my pain because I wanted to just numb my brain from screaming, this is your fault, Mm. you killed the baby. Mm. And um, uh, later on, I just turned to heroin because nothing else could um, keep me like so checked out because it was not enough. So um, it was better to be high than feeling worthless and helpless Mm. and broken and abandoned and so broken. So the years went by and I saw people dying around me or who went to jail and I was truly was tired of this lifestyle. So um, desperate and in in despair, I was looking for change, but um, there was no hopes, no dreams for people like me. Mm. But then I met this lady and she honestly, guys, she looked like a celebrity and she was so kind to me and she brought me to her house and offer me fancy coffee and sweets and I was so impressed and honestly she was so good to me I felt comfortable and safe mm. and um, she told me that she would be able to find me a job no specifics but um, just a job so I actually agree without much thought because I was so eager to escape and her team went to work and they actually brought me to the hair salon, dress me up and did the makeup. And I was kind of thinking, what kind of job I gonna be doing? Mm. But up to that point, I was so broken. I didn't really um, have any intuition. I just agree with anything they asked me to do. And then still on heavy drugs, I vaguely remember I report and how I got through customs, I will never know one wow. day. I actually woke up hearing Muslim prayer, Allahu Akbar, run Mm -hmm. out. So I was terrified because I realized that I'm not in my country anymore. Mm, So this nice lady sold me into human trafficking. Wow. Yeah. Do you know where she had taken you? Yeah. Later on, I find out that I was in Cairo, Egypt. Mm. And then I was forced to crawl under the barbed wire crossing the border illegally into Israel. And Mm. that's where I've been sold into the brothel. And I was there for two years or almost. For three years, you said? Almost two years. Two years. Okay. Yes. But that's where the story changed, guys. And honestly, this is so amazing. And I'm so grateful that's how it happened. Because you know Mm. what? If somebody said you know, God won't forgive me because I've done this, because I've been there. Because honestly, through my story, I know 100% the sins that he forgiven me and where Mm. he met me, actually, that's where I actually met Jesus. It's in a brothel because Mm -hmm. I was bought by the family business and it was important what brothel you end up with because the girls who went um, who came with me actually died or wow. went missing and never been seen again. So although it was horrible situation, but for me it was upgrade because I finally was clean from heroin because mm. I went through withdrawals in um, um, in Egypt because I had no other choice to die mm. or to recover. And by the grace of God, I did recover. 
Yeah. And uh, um, in the brothel, one of my bodyguards actually shared the gospel with me. Wow. And it was so interesting. And people are saying, how come Christian ended up in the brothel? What happened, actually, he was a refugee as well from from Russia, and they were Jewish, and they were running from the uh, persecution as well, because in those times, it was very hard for them. But he couldn't find a job, because in Israel, women would find a job. So his wife was working, mm. the kids were okay, but he couldn't find a job anywhere. So this is, was like almost like a last resort, and he's like, okay... Um, I need to provide, I need to support my family. So he went there and in the hub, he created his ministry there. He wow. like, like literally he was sharing the gospel with the girls and nobody ever stopped him. So that's how he told me about Jesus and the Bible. And he brought me a Bible to read. And when my grandfather had a heart attack, there's another miraculous story about that as well. And you actually can read about it in my book. And um, he took me to Jerusalem to pray at the Western Wall. And it um, was interesting because up to that time, I didn't know what, what my encounter with God would be because I'm prostitute, drug addict, alcoholic. Mm -hmm. But I just have that respect <clears throat> for him that he even like allowed me to be here in, in his presence presence mm. and I prayed for my grandfather and now I know 20 years later that actually Holy Spirit prayed through me because I did a encounter Holy Spirit at that moment and I was asking through my Bible study just recently one of my friends I said how come it happens I wasn't a believer how come like it's it have to be and she said, because the God look into the heart. Mm. Not, so it was very interesting because I do believe I experienced that later on in life, being a believer too. That's how I figure out two and two together. So um, and through writing my books and I actually realized there was no time me before Christ and me after Christ. Mm. First time I actually pray when I was six years old in the bathroom of my home, just asking God to protect me from wrath of my father. And he yeah. did. Same as in, in the Jerusalem, he answered my prayer and he saved my grandpa's life. So that was very interesting. And that's what planted the seed of faith in me. And um, just gratitude that God heard my prayer and answered my prayer. And um, I decide to leave. And guys, I kid you not, this is like one in a million situation like that because you never leave places like this alive unless you have been rescued. Mm -hmm. But by the grace of God, um, they actually allowed me to go home. Wow. I, um, I was saving some money and I thought I'm going to start a new life. But um, one of my other bodyguards who was like a brother to me, stole all of my like cheated me out of all of my possession and my wow. trustworthy aunt stole all my money that I was sending home and um, I came home and I had nothing again so I turned what was familiar and um, I became a number one drug dealer in my city wow. and start using heroin and I was on heroin again mm. but um 
it wasn't really safe. And although I have unlimited amount of drugs and money and influence, I knew that I'm going to die of overdose mm. or be in jail or even being murdered for it as well. Sure. So I literally didn't know what to do. So I sold myself again into sex trade because the body, my body was a commodity that mm. I could use. And um, why wouldn't I? That's all I knew. Mm. And um, this time I actually was trafficked to Canada and in end up on drugs, alcohol again. But here in Canada, I got the opportunity to start a new life. And that's what I did. I took this opportunity and I escaped. And I live in shelter and I learned English from level zero. Mm. And I apply and graduate from cosmetology school and became a hairstylist. Wow. So, yeah, later on, like 12 years later, I will own this salon for two years too. But that's another story. Sure. But um, in 2011, at Alpha Course, I gave my life to Christ. Wow. And that was the missing piece because I always want to be uh, like normal per se you know, mm -hmm. I want to do uh, because I knew that w whatever is going on with me up to this point was not okay. Mm. And I wanted different. And um, I met the boy and I fell in love. And I um, already was in the hair school. I got my license. Uh, I learned how to drive. I went to do martial arts. I achieved the medals and diplomas because I thought that's what normal people do to mm -hmm. get peace. Yeah. Uh, worth and value because I thought this is what I didn't have so I need that plus I need a clean home I need to take care of um our baby was born like probably nine ten months after um no all together ten months like um we've been together and the baby was born sure sure <laughs> and um so I thought to myself, okay, now I have a man who loves me, a clean home. I have my work. Um, I have my diplomas. But still, I suffer because for the first time, I was drug-free. Mm. And um, I had a postpartum. It hit me like a drug because I felt like an imposter who I am to actually have a healthy child and mm. good family and love after everything I've done. And it's literally the anxiety and depression was like this honestly that's why I'm telling people sometimes people assume especially like if they're not believers about heaven and hell being somewhere that distant place I kid you not I lived in hell I was drug free mm -hmm. but my mind tormented me that my body couldn't move and I have this huge weight on my shoulder for the life of this child because um, in my imagination, like I was burying the child because that's what happened mm. with my first one. I carried her casket in my arms and then for oh. 20 years it was in my mind. Sure. And I still felt empty. So when I give my life to Christ, I have this um, overwhelming sense of peace. And mm. honestly, from beginning, God gave me uh, Philippians 4, 4, 9 and and that was like, that was the verses that I was hold on to and just talking about peace, talking about peace. And yeah. it was very interesting because it was supernatural. And my husband, that time, my boyfriend, he actually said to me this phrase and 
it's kind of took like huge burden for me because he's Christian and his family as well. That's how I end up in the church. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how God took me like from the mess and put it right in the middle of Christian family. Wow. That's beautiful. And it's so beautiful because that's what he said to me. He said, um, why are you stressing out? Because I thought if the baby gonna die he would throw me on the street I'll be on drugs again mm. I'll die junkie and all this stuff and broken heart and he said you are not that powerful you're not in control of life and death you are a good mom and the rest of it it's up to God you know this baby actually does not belong to you so you cannot make her leave if that's like stuff like that so it was literally it's impacted me number one that her life is not on me. Like, mm. I cannot be in control of it. And literally, for the first time, I actually back off and thought, that's so amazing that this God actually in control of our lives. So I give this burden to him, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do what I can. And what I cannot do, he's going to do it. Yeah. And it was like amazing revelation because I was like baby Christian, so sure. it was all right before I gave my life to Christ. So yeah, I after that, I um, the same year I gave my life to Christ, I got baptized, we got married because I say we, we should be married. And um, I actually led for other people in my family to Christ. And, wow, praise um, God. Yeah, it was amazing. Just because they knew before and after, that's what actually helped them. Mm-hmm. to wanna Jesus because they're like whoa <laughs> if you yeah. can do that with her I want to do yeah. that as well very interesting that um the same the same year we actually got pregnant with twins so now we have wow. three kiddos <laughs> yeah and it's been it's been a long journey but you know what it's been so rewarding so when I was um Around five years, I was already a Christian. God uh, put it on my heart to write about miracles of God in my life. Yeah. And I have so many miracles. Like, honestly, guys, like, God's been so vocal and loud in my life that I I want to share those miracles. But um, I was afraid to start from beginning that's why I start with the husband and three kids and Holy Spirit uh, confront me that I'm not being honest Mm. because my path with God starts when I was six years old in the bathroom and that's where he wanted me to start writing from wow so the good parts it took me three months to write and I was so impressed that I could um, copy and paste everything by myself you know but the um, difficult parts it took me three years to write and it was my therapy between me and God and I was so scared and I was crying for three days and I was asking God why are you making me do this right now people perceive me by this persona that I created Mm. you know I'm a hairstylist I'm mom of three kids like I have um, a home I'm on the meal community I I love to surf I the people love me for who I am right now and if they would know who I really am they would Mm. judge me and reject me and abandon me 
And I kid you not, guys, God told me, whoever loves you, they yeah. won't leave you. Wow. And it was such an amazing process because I said yes to this book only because I want to be obedient to him. Because mm -hmm. he was so faithful to me and I said, I will do it. I thought this book gonna be for somebody else so they would see the sinner and forgiveness and salvation and would read this book and say, you know what, if God forgive her, then I'm not that bad. Because we as a people, like we actually have a scale to sin, you know, yeah. I'm not that bad, but she's been like that. So, you know, so we perceive that for God, it's sin is the sin, you know, mm -hmm. but I thought it just like this testimony will encourage someone to give it chance to give hope and to see that God doesn't make exception, doesn't matter um, where you are and he will meet you where you are. And um, honestly, it changed my life. It's it's helped me to see my past through fresh new perspective mm. as being loved, being healed, being yeah. redeemed and forgiven. I have so much compassion for my family for my for myself being young too for this situation so literally when I give my life to Christ I kind of like cut that off and mm. I didn't pretend it didn't happen because it's sure. still like the PTSD was lurking and I have to work through therapies counseling and all this stuff yeah. on myself and with God but um when I actually look back I realized like I already said, it's not before and after Christ. It's mm -hmm. like I just saw this massive uh, path where God actually guided me and protected me and walked wow. with me and took care of me. So I thought it was for someone else, but end up he changed my life by actually looking back in the right time, in the sure. right place and go back with Jesus. So that was huge transformation yeah. for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I love the beauty that God has worked, even if there were some hard things that started it off. Absolutely. I want us to take a step back a little bit. You talked about coming to Canada and you talked about that's how when your life started changing. Can you walk us through what that process looked like? Like what made you desire to change? What made Canada different? Like how did that go? Well, I think number one through all of my life, I want a better life. I just mm. look around and I was thinking, how come like my friend's family not like that? How come somebody can do this? And actually before all this hell broke loose in my family, I told my grandma when I was very young, I said to her, one day I'm gonna drive car, I'm gonna learn martial art and I'm gonna have my own business. So these three things the woman yeah. could not do that time in our society. Oh, you wow. have to like be like okay. cook and clean and all this stuff. But one time I literally saw it on TV that woman was boxing and she drove a Jeep. And I'm like, man, I want that. Sure. And if she could have it, I could have it. And anyway, my grandma dismissed this and she said, you know what? One day you're going to get married, have kids and all this stuff. And they preparing that from beginning. This is your fate. And when I came to Canada, actually what was the difference that I I was legal here. Mm. in uh, back, uh, back in Jerusalem, like I had no documents. 
here. I didn't have documents, but the government knew that I was there. And they actually gave me like and the uh, work permit and the um, study permit. So they allowed me to um, kind of like be free as well. And another thing, I actually went to school to learn English. My main thing was um, to communicate with clients. That was my argument. And by the grace of God, they allowed me to go to school. And that's where I met people. You know, who yeah. actually helped me to get out. And I remember that like clear as day. That's what really triggered me when um my friend that time she said to me, You know, in Canada we have laws. And I'm mm-hmm. like, law, like police, like you know, the people who actually obey uh the rules, you know, no matter how, because compared to Ukraine, there there was no um, no rules, no regulation, you know, okay. like the mafia and corruption was crazy. And it's not because uh, the country itself um, had no proper regulations, but because that time, I don't know if you guys know, that time was perestroika. When I was 11 years old, Ukraine and Russia separated. So it's it was brand new country that they tried sure. to build the government. They tried to um, rebuilt the loss so probably like it took them 20 years to get their bearings and people suffered you know so nothing we can do about it but when I came here and people were talking about and the government and the structure so that's what I took and and I said to like I, I didn't know where to leave but this girl took me in for a couple of weeks and then I went to shelter and um I actually, because in shelter, I still like was on drugs. So I was so blown away that in shelter, it was clean sheets. Mm-hmm. It was cleaner than was in my home where people actually sure. should be cleaning. Sure. So the boys and the girls were separate and um, I had a bed as long as I show up on time and all this stuff. And they give me even bus token and mm-hmm. some... Um, I could go to the library, so I was like, whoa, look at... So, kind of, for me, it was like, wow, these people really care. They actually fed us once a, week, uh, once a day, stuff like that. So, that's um, that's put me on kind of level up, and I quit drugs in the shelter. And then yeah. my friend um, um, taught me how to do laundry and hold this spoon and fork, how to be more presentable mm-hmm. for the interviews and um, actually I got my first job at Canada Wonderland and I hate it because it's like <laughs> it was not humane <laughs> you know it, I think like it was um, not a good job how they treat those young kids mm. but I love the rides because I knew that my childhood was stolen so sure. I want to have fun so that that's how I start one by one coming sure. out from it Sure. So just a slow process. And then how did you end up meeting your your boyfriend, now husband? Yeah, very slow. I actually met with him very early when when I was in Canada. I don't know how he understood me. I probably was like one and a half year, maybe two years here. And um, I remember maybe it took me three years to actually think in English and be fluent. But um. Yeah, I met him in the bar. Wow. <laughs> and that's so funny because when my mom was laughing or telling somebody's story, he's like, 
oh, Lavlina, I cannot believe you met her in a bar. I'm like, well, that wasn't a bar bar, but um, actually I was uh, working as a hairstylist assistant just down the street and me and my friend who is working uh, she was working there as well every friday we just come and play pool and just two of us we never really look for anything and i was on the path of the achieve mode remember i said i i want to earn medals diplomas i want to learn how to drive car i went to taekwondo so i was like very a goal oriented to to achieve so I didn't look for it. Honestly, if I never met him, I would I would just go on that path, you know, like to get. And it was so funny because my friend always say, I want to have family. I want to have kids. I'm like, man, it's so annoying. Why would you want them? Like, honestly, they cheat, they steal, they destroy because the men in my life were like that. So I never thought, um, you know, that's possible although the craziest part about my mind body and soul and i do believe it's totally from god i have this small glimpse of hope because i'm like crazy romantic and i love romantic movies and i love reading novels i thought it would be awesome to have this knight in shining armor to come and mm. rescue you and love you but um, honestly, I was not in shining armor for myself most of the time. So sure. nobody really could measure up, not with my crazy, not with my, uh, like, very interesting that when I met him, I did not ever thought that there's going to be something serious. But he just made me fall in love with him because he treated me like a lady. And mm. he, I didn't... I, like I'm looking here and saying, did he see that I'm rude, obnoxious, I'm loud, I'm crazy? And he said, honestly, like I never met anyone like you because he was born and raised in the church. You know, he's like, girls, like, not like that. So mm. it's now we, yeah, now we 15 years we are together, but it's been a hard road and definitely takes toll on both of us and on our marriage. So we continue to work on it and. Plus, I have to go and do like behavioral therapy because lots of PTSD from being neglected, abandoned and all this stuff sure. still lurking in. But by the grace of God, we're still together. We have beautiful children and nice home. And I'm really proud yeah. how good parents we are. And we are a team for sure. That's wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. So January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Can you define human trafficking for us and tell us like what it is and then some myths about it? Absolutely. Um, human trafficking is the modern day slavery. It's the recruitment and exercising control over the person to exploit them through sexual or forced labor. And honestly, it's commonly taught the buying and selling people. It's something of the past. But in fact, there are more people trafficked today than any time in human history. Wow. Yeah. That's mind-blowing. Absolutely. And the most pervasive myth about human trafficking is that often involves kidnapping and physical force. And it can happen, but most traffickers use 
psychological means such as manipulation or threatening the victims. And um, most of the time, um, you think it's like strangers luring victims in, but most of the time it's actually family and friends. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, a major problem these days, though, is that trafficking can be very hard to spot mm -hmm. because the person who is trafficked as well as those around them may not even know that this is happening mm. because it's such a close relations. So let me identify what specific signs to watch mm -hmm. for. Please. So red flags um, for people who are being groomed for sex trafficking, um, being secretive about their activities, or having new clothing or jewelry that they cannot afford to buy, or suddenly they have new or second cell phone with a secret number mm. or victims of human trafficking are fearful anxious depressed submissive tense nervous or paranoid they are showing signs of abuse such as bruising and fractures or tattoos or branding symbols especially names and that, now that you know that and obviously just because it's a red flag it might not be a human trafficking situation, but it could be. So don't dismiss anything. Mm. Be vigilant. Ask questions. And if there is immediate danger or if you suspect person is being trafficked, you don't have to be involved and to rescue them. Just call 911 or your local police service or there are even um, uh, human trafficking hotlines. You can Google. It will pop up like that because you might save someone's life. Mm. What kind of things can we do to help? You can do fundraising and uh, volunteer and advocate, and you can um, create awareness. And you, there are some few amazing organizations in US and in Canada as well that um, you can just donate funds and you can buy code um, the companies that permits human trafficking and help survivors and stay in form. I honestly believe sometimes we're getting this like trapped by thinking, whoa, I want to save everybody. And, and then we don't do anything because we cannot save everybody, but everybody can save somebody. Mm. So I do believe invest in the people who are already on the ground that's yeah. why I partner up with Five for Freedom. It's actually a Canadian company in U.S. We have underground railroad um, operations with Tim Ballard as well. So those two organizations that I support, I raise awareness and actually 100% from my book, uh, Profits, goes to support um, survivors. Wow. And honestly, that's what... Partner up with organizations uh, who are already on the ground and they already do um, everything and they have like counseling and uh, therapy and life skills building and they have really support groups as well. So um, I really um, love this time and place that I actually can connect people with organizations like this who actually make a difference in the world. Mm. 
How do we know if an organization is a good one to partner with or if they're not being trustworthy? Um, absolutely. You have to research, like do your research. But this one, two big organizations, and I've been with them um, through my church for uh, from 2017. And it was interesting how it came to me as well, because I was thinking after closing my business, I was thinking open my own um, nonprofit. And I met women who uh, just launched her nonprofit. And I was listening to her and literally I have a panic attack. I'm like, oh my gosh, it sounds just like my business so much time. And I got burned out through my salon because guess what? God told me for a year, this is not the work I should be doing, mm. but I'm, you know, a bit stubborn. So it took me sure. a while to actually close my business and, uh, I was listening. I'm thinking like, I cannot have another business. And I, when she was talking, I keep praying. I'm like, God, you give me this passion. What can I do? What can mm. I do? And literally at the end, she said, why do you need to launch your own? Just partner up with the organization who does what you wanted to do in the world. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, I've been with them for so long. And they are amazing. And they are a Christian organization as well. And I do believe they are building them like right now they're working on opportunity to open in chicago as well so mm. they already have in 21 cities here in canada and then gonna have another one in philippines i do believe they have already and then in us so okay. that's how they they grow in absolutely um yeah i just sure I just love them what was the name of that organization again it's called fight word okay. fight the number four Okay. And word freedom, that's okay. ye. Fight for freedom. Okay. I'm assuming Fight for Freedom has a website. Yes. Perfect. We'll Absolutely. link to that in the show notes. Let's talk about where we can find more about you and find your book. Absolutely. My book is on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca. But if you would like to sign copy, um, you can email me and it's Lena Cibula, L-E-N-A, C-E-B-U-L-A at gmail.com and um, 100% gonna go to fight for freedom and my website if you want to check it out a yeah. little bit more about me and the charities that I support it's um, love and be with no e loved okay. so love and be loved.com okay wonderful we'll link to those in the show notes as well what have I not asked you that you want to talk about? Um, regardless of the journey, you guys not alone. And mm. I want you guys to take away um, that you're significant and your life is valuable. And I know it's, it's possible to be successful despite the difficulties and challenges of life. And God is so good. He does not make exception. And you, if you decide, the past not going to be your prison. And you can have love, joy, peace, and wholeness again after everything you've seen and done. Yeah. Oh, Lena, that's such a good word. Would you be willing to pray for us? Yes, absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for this opportunity to share my story. I could have never imagined that after 20 years of silence, I'm going to be in standing standing on stage in front of mm. hundreds of people and um, 
be all over the social media platform and do this podcast um, and sharing your um, glorious story of salvation because honestly, I was afraid of judgment and rejection because I taught my story, it's story of shame, guilt, and condemnation. But now I know it's your amazing story of salvation. And I want to share this with people. I hope and pray in Jesus Christ's name that um, the people who are listening, they would see how amazing your love really is. And not only love, the mercy and forgiveness and your kindness and your faithfulness, and I hope and pray for people who don't know you, Lord, that they actually see and want salvation. And honestly, guys, it's a free gift for everyone. Just um, find the prayer of salvation, read about it, and just ask God and Jesus come into your heart. And if you pray that, don't be alone. Just reach out to someone in the church or some uh, Christian friends that you might have, I pray that God of the universe come into your heart and heal you and give you peace and love because you are belong. We're all God's children and we're all valuable and all significant and he loves us beyond all measures. And I'm so grateful again for this beautiful time and opportunity to share my story for God's glory and I wish you all wonderful, wonderful day full of blessing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So one of the fun questions that we like to ask people is if you could be any inanimate object, what would you be and why? That's so funny. First thoughts, I have like a cactus, but it's very interesting. Now I'm thinking like, why is the cactus? So I actually will brainstorm that because it's first thought I have. Yeah. So the cactus, okay? That one I'm imagining somewhere like in Mexico, okay? So this gigantic flower grows in like under the sun with no water really in really dusty ground and still green, okay? Mm. And still have liquid inside that <laughs> actually can make vodka from it and make people buzzed and funny. I don't know why yeah. I'm thinking that. But it's actually give the liquid as well to life, you know. Mm -hmm. Another thing that the cactus is prickly. But mm -hmm. guess what? Like with all this, like, um, uh, it, it looks still very interesting because it's different, like, dimension. And it's an, and dry and green and alive and dead. And then I think the most amazing thing and if you guys never know this google this the cactus flower the cactus mm. actually blooms and it blooms in this miraculous amazing mind-blowing flowers but it's mm. rare but it's happening so sure. that's where i am that would be cool to be a cactus and a fun and survivor and beautiful and persevering and overcoming and um yeah longevity yeah. too in a very difficult situation so yeah there you go i'm the that's cactus. good that's <laughs> great and living in mexico in january doesn't sound too bad does it oh yeah we have so much snow it's not even funny 
Yeah, we do too. It's not pleasant. Yeah. So, Lena, any final thoughts before we close? I actually would like to read for you my favorite um, quote. And it was very fun. Like, it wasn't funny. It was like very interesting because I have this quote on my, um, in my office for a very long time. I don't know. It just spoke to me when first time I read it. And now it's actually part of my signature talk as well, because it's very interesting when I, I was doing the coaching with my speaking coach. So now I'm totally revamping my, my brand from being hairstylist, doing now God's job, sharing the story and my book. And honestly, I would never even wish for anything because my dreams were so small for me and God's mm. dreams for me has no, he's, I don't know. I just like, I cannot even tell you guys how much I love to do this. It's, I feel fulfilled. I feel this is my destiny. I feel this is my purpose and path and the passion to serve others with my story and, and follow God's guiding for me. But this lady, she said, you need some powerful quote, part of your message. And yeah. it was very interesting that she read me this quote. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been staring into this quote for so long. And now I just want to read this for you. And Please. I hope and pray it's encourage you as well. So it's quote by Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And as we let our own light shine, we give other people permission to do the same. And my ending, my light shines bright these days. Now it's time for you to shine yours upon the world too. Mm, that's so good. That's awesome. Lena, thank you so much for your time today. I have learned so much from you. I'm so inspired by your story. So excited about what the Lord is doing in and through you and the way that, that you've proven, shown redemption in your own life. So thank you so much. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. I appreciate your time and, and your listeners. Thank you for um, inviting me be as a guest. And I hope and pray you guys got encouraged and inspired and got hope and, and God bless you all. As always, big thanks for listening. Be sure to connect with Lena at loveandbeloved.com. I would love to connect with you as well. That's katieaxelson.com. I have learned a lot about human trafficking this month, both from Lena and if you haven't heard it, jump back to episode 58 and hear Soraya Hastings' story as well. She talks about human trafficking right here in the United States. Next episode's coming in two weeks. We're going to talk about race. We're going to talk about LGBTQ. We're going to talk about moving to the United States. Our friend Ali is coming to share her story about being a non-American, black, queer woman of color living in the United States. She's also a life coach and has some awesome tips for, well, your life. We'll see you then.